On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Andy Janitis from PPC Pitbulls. We had such a good conversation around Google. We talked about, you know, if you have a $10,000 a month budget, what should you do, right? What is the best place to spend your money? How should you set these campaigns up? Where does Pmax fit in? Where does branded search fit in? All of these questions that I know a lot of you have and these struggles that a lot of you have, we actually answered on this podcast today. You guys will not want to miss this one. Hey guys, if you're looking to scale your e-commerce brand, you need tips and strategies from people who have actually done it. Stop reading those newsletters written by marketers who have only ever spent founders hard earned money and start reading from the perspective of seven and eight figure founders. That's why we're launching the secrets to scaling newsletter to give you real actionable advice from founders with firsthand experience, get the latest strategies from ad campaigns, budgeting, wholesale partnerships, and so much more sign up for our beta for free at secrets.upgrowthcommerce.com. Did you hear the story about the brand that spent thousands of dollars to have their credit card data analyzed, thinking their customers were moms aged 45 to 55, just to find out through a post-purchase survey that it was actually their teenage daughters who were the ones that were purchasing using their mom's credit card? Attribution is one of the most important pieces of the e-commerce puzzle. And nowadays, it seems like the industry might be moving backwards instead of forwards. Identifying the real buyer and tracking their behavior is getting more and more complicated. Even the tools that we do have often miss these critical pieces of the actual full picture. Enter NoCommerce, the post-purchase survey platform that has been used by top-tier brands like Pura Vita, Olipop, and True Classic, leading them to those coveted customer conversion insight. NoCommerce allows you to generate surveys directly on your confirmation screen in minutes, helping you answer foundational questions like, hey, how did you first hear about us? And deeper inquiries like, who do you usually buy gifts for? This gold mine of information provides a glimpse into the lifestyle of the human who is purchasing from you, not just their age, gender, or income bracket. With over 4 million questions answered every single month and an average response rate above 50% using pre-built templates, you'll be collecting actionable market and customer intelligence in no time. If you're ready to boost your attribution, then please head over to nocommerce.com. That's K-N-O Commerce. Dot com and tell them that Jordan sent you. Also, tell them that Jordan sent you and you'll get 50% off for the first three months with a 14-day free trial. Again, head over to nocommerce.com. That's K-N-O-Commerce.com and tell them that Jordan sent you. Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Today, I'm joined by Andy Janitis from PPC Pitbulls. Andy, welcome to Secrets to Scaling. Thank you for having me, Jordan. Absolutely. Yeah, this has been one of those ones where we've we've talked and talked and talked, and I'm like, we got to hit record here, Andy. We're, we're talking about some good <laughs> stuff that, uh, you know, some really good strategic tactical kind of things uh, that people I think are going to get a ton out of. Before we get started, for people who don't know anything about you, tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I am. I've been in the digital space for about ten years now, working for various different agencies, serving kind of big clients, small clients, a lot of different industries. Um, and in 2020, I, I went off on my own and started PPC Pitbulls, uh, named after my own pitbull here. Um, you can't see her, but she's in the background of my office over here. Um, but yeah, we we kind of ran off with a mission to really support. 
um, what we call craft brands. So these are you know brands where people are passionate about the products they're making. Oftentimes, it's kind of lifestyle brands. It's not like, hey, let's quickly you know get a bunch of customer acquisition. We're, we're really pushing for an uh, for an exit very quickly. Um, it's often bootstrap businesses, but. It's um, you know typically food and fashion businesses. We say you know the types of products that customers are really proud to talk about and to eat, wear, use every day. Um, so yeah, that's kind of who we like to serve, and and what we really focus on is you know simplifying digital marketing, um, helping to get more sales online, develop more authentic customer relationships online. Um, yeah, and that's kind of what we're we're all about. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Uh, I love hearing that, you know, from the conversations that I'm having with people in that, that same sort of space. And I, I love that space so much. I love bootstrappers. I mean, you venture back people. Awesome. I love you too, but not the same way that I love bootstrappers. I, I personally have bootstrapped everything uh, my entire life and, and I love doing that. It's a blast. <laughs> I, it's scary sometimes, but uh but yeah, I, I absolutely love that space. Also, I've had a lot of conversations with people there recently. And, you know, one of the big pain points that they have that, you know, keeps them up at night is customer acquisition cost, right? Like, how in the world do I know? Like, how am I going to actually scale? And and this is what keeps them up at night. Is it, are you seeing similar things with your clients? Definitely. Yeah, I think that's that's always the big question, right? Is, okay, so we, we've started online, we're, we're getting some sales in, but like, how do we grow? There's a lot of fear of, hey, I'm spending money on Google ads, but I'm afraid that it's all just going to customers who are going to be making a purchase anyway. There's always a lot of fear around kind of like, is this all just branded search traffic? Um, and of course, iOS 14 didn't help with that um, in terms of you know being able to, to properly attribute where the purchases are coming from, making sure that we yeah. understand what campaigns are moving the needle. Um, but yeah, so that's where we really try to focus in on you know simplification and understanding what your goals are. Oftentimes, you know, it's it's a lot of times people will come and say, oh, you know, I got to be running Google ads because, you know, it seems like everybody in my space is running Google ads or, hey, I got to yeah. try performance max or smart shopping or, you know, even Facebook ads, whatever it is, um, without really understanding like, okay, well, what are we trying to get done? You tell me you want to grow your business, but like, what does that mean? You know, at, at what margins, at what, you know, sometimes even like in what geography or, you know, you're trying to, to build in a particular, you know, build a customer base in a particular area, or do you already have a, a local customer base and now you're trying to expand that nationwide? Um, so a lot of those types of things we're really focused on like, hey, let's, let's take a little bit of a step back and just figure out what exactly your goals are. And then we can simplify and figure out, okay, well, what do those mean in terms of, you know, metrics like customer acquisition? Awesome. Well, let's let's walk through that, Andy. So, you know, if somebody comes to you, let's pretend I'm, you know, a, a customer coming to you being like, Andy, I need some help on the Google side. You know, I know that there's all this demand out there and I'm just not capturing it. You know, my SEO isn't capturing all those terms. The, you know, the first four are ads anyway, right? The first four SERP results. So how, how are you going to help me, Andy? What, what do you got for me? Definitely, definitely. So we're, we always start with a, a nice like account audit, right? So I think that's one of the biggest things you should be aware of with or, or, or kind of beware of um, with a, a new agency or some, somebody who's going to say, okay, well, hey, tomorrow I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some new campaigns fired up and I'm going to launch them for you, right? So yeah. the first thing is like, let's take that deep dive into your business, figure out what you're doing today, what's working, what isn't working, take a look at your competitors. Um, what are they doing in terms of ads? You know, are they running predominantly search ads? Are they running, you know, search ads and shopping, you know, on your particular search? Are you, you know, do you have to worry about a lot of competitors popping up on your brand search? Or is it, you know, are you don't have a lot of competitors targeting your own search terms? So 
the first thing to do is kind of figure out where we stand today. Um, mm. And especially if you already have an account set up, that's great to, you know, hey, let's dive in and see what what has been profitable, what hasn't been profitable, all those different different types of things. Um, but then from there, I, I always kind of tell people like, you got to simplify, right? So especially as you're getting started out, you don't want to be running, you know, hey, I'm spending 10000 a month, 20000 a month, $100,000 a month for six months. And hopefully by that point, it's kind of working or not working. You kind of want to understand like, okay, I'm going to start small. I'm going to measure what's happening. And then from there, we're going to grow into it and kind of figure out what's working and double down on that and scale in that way. But we got to find profitability first, right? So Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, let's Andy. Let's let's get into some of these timelines on Google because I think a lot of people, you know, they were used to, uh, you know, the Facebook cash machine, right? That that it was up until iOS fourteen point five, um, and now they're they're frustrated that things are taking so long. What kind of timelines are we looking at on Google to actually get up and running from from your perspective? Yeah. So a lot of the brands we, we work with, we actually do see some growth over a long period of time. There's brands that we've been working with for, you know, two, three years at this point, and they're really breaking through and seeing a lot better results today than they were, you know, two years ago. And it wasn't like an exponential growth kind of thing. It has been kind of a slow build um, to get them there. So be beware of that, that when you're really looking for that long-term scale, I think there is some some longer-term timeline in there. Totally. Um, but it, as far as kind of like just getting started, I really like to focus. I, I always tell people like within two months, you got to have a good idea of whether Google's working for you or not working for you. Like, yeah, we're, you know, I, I hate when I hear about these agencies that come in with these long term contracts like, hey, we're going to lock you up for six months or for a year. When in reality, like if you're coming in just to perform Google ads, there's a lot of businesses where Google ads isn't going to be the right answer or isn't going to be, you know, the types of Google ads that you're running aren't going to be the right answer for them. Um, so what, what we typically look for is like within the first month or two months, say you're looking for like a three X row as maybe we'll get you to like a two X or, you know, just as long as we're kind of getting past that break even point in the first month or two, we're going to be feeling a little bit better about, you know, that, Hey, we can be profitable here and get you to your ultimate goals. Um, but yeah, you definitely should not be at a point where it's like, hey, we've we've run ads now for two months and, you know, we don't see really any improvement across any metric or, you know, worse yet is, hey, we're not really sure what those metrics are. We don't know how many purchases did or didn't come from Google ads yet. Totally, totally. So let's uh, let's step back for a second here. Um, you know, there's a lot of frustration out there with brands and agencies as well when it comes to branded keywords. Where do you sit when it comes to branded keywords? Yeah. I'm always a big proponent of branded keywords as far as running on your branded search campaigns. I would say, you know, why, obviously why? a lot of times people will push like, back and say, oh, you know, like, hey, I was going to get that purchase anyway. Somebody was, yeah. was searching for my for my uh, my brand anyway. The two big reasons, one, obviously competitors can jump in front of you, right? So that's the worst case scenario. Somebody already knows your brand. They're coming to buy from you. They you know, want to make the purchase with you. And then all of a sudden you're the fourth entry down on the list and there's three yeah. competitors up in front of you. Um, for some of the smaller brands we work with, a lot of the craft brands we work with, that's not necessarily the biggest problem because they just don't have competitors that are bidding directly against their brand terms yet. Um, yeah. But then the other big thing is just control of that listing itself. Your, your ad listings are typically going to be bigger and a little bit more expanded. Um, and you can also change them in real time. So yeah. right, you know, your organic listings are just kind of whatever Google crawled last and you don't really have control over what they did or didn't crawl or when they crawled it. But if you're running a branded search ad, 
you can go ahead and put in there, hey, you know, I'm running a sale today and it's a three day sale. You can put that right up front in your headline, you know, come in now, develop that sense of urgency that you yeah. really can't do when you're looking at, you know, your organic listing. So there is a lot more you can do with branded traffic like that. And then the other big thing is it's cheap, especially if there's no competitors bidding against you. You're paying totally. like cents, pennies on the click for that. Yeah. So now, if um, you set it up correctly, I've 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 audited lots of Google Ads accounts that I look into, and I'm like, why are you paying like seventy five cents a click for your own term? Like that makes no sense. And and I think that uh, that's that's one of the things that I see, especially with people who are running their own their own Google yeah. Ads, and they've they've they just don't know how to actually set it up correctly. I, I want to dive in one sec too on the branded search search terms because I, I love what you're saying um, because I myself, it's one of those things where I'm like, ah, branded. I'm like, do I want to waste money on that? But it's not a waste of money, right? Because you can run discount promotions, right? So anytime that you're running a discount, even for new customers, right? You can have a new customer discount. If you have an app, you can have an app. If you have a location, you can't do any of that in the the normal search uh, engine. Exactly, yeah. Like, yeah. So I love Andy, that, Andy. Thank you. You yeah. you actually, you helped tweak my mind a little bit on branded <laughs> search and, and why it actually still matters. Well, and the big thing, we always talk about incrementality, right? So like, hey, was that purchase I got from branded search, was that incremental or not? Was it going to happen one way or the other? Or did I actually get it through that branded search ad? Um, and I, you know, I think a lot of times, especially where attribution is at right now, that can be really tough, if not impossible to measure, especially if you're a smaller brand that doesn't have a ton of data, like a ton of visits coming into your site yeah. or a ton of money to invest in like a long-term study to really, you know, fully dive in and understand incrementality the way that, you know, some major multinational brand could. Um, so I think a lot of times people get caught up in that. They hear like, you know, these types of, of things and, and yeah, that's best case scenario if you have the time and money to invest in it. But like at the end of the day, if you're trying to get started, you've got to have some sort of rule of thumb there. And, and I would always typically push people to, Hey, just run the branded search traffic. It's going to cost you so much less than anything else you're doing in yeah. the in the Google Ads account. If it's if that's not the case, then obviously you got something to worry about. But um, but yeah, I always I always push for that. Yeah, I love that. Uh, let's talk budgets. Where where are you recommending people in their branded search um, as far as a percentage of budget? Usually, we find it ends. I mean, the the long and the short of it is you're going to get started and kind of figure out. Um, over time, kind of where that is based on how much competition you have and different things. So it's going to be really dependent on your business and your industry. I would start yeah, like to an have email some... software platform like like Clavio. If they're trying to defend Clavio against Mailchimp and Sendlane and all these different exactly. ones, they're going to yeah. need to put a bunch of money into branded search. Exactly, and even just yeah. I mean, you can go into Google, make a search yourself for your own branded term, and if competitors pop up, you're going to be in a totally different ballpark than. You know, if totally. they don't pop up when you make that same search. So yeah. that's something to be aware of. But typically, I'd, I'd really start asking some hard questions if that gets to be more than, you know, say 15, 20 percent of of your your budget, you know, for that just that brand search campaign. The thing to be aware of, though, too, is you're going to be running some brand search in Performance Max, say. So if you're running Performance Max, which, again, that's where I would really tell everybody to get started. Um, that's going to be kind of the workhorse of all of your campaigns. There's going to be some branded search mixed in there, um, and I, I think that's a sign, a sense of concern for a lot of people. Um, luckily, Google is going to be rolling out a lot more visibility or transparency mm -hmm. into like mm -hmm. what terms actually did come up. They they promised that like in the next couple months, about a month or two ago. So hopefully that'll be rolling out really soon here. Um, but yeah, I think that's the the one thing. So 
your branded search probably shouldn't be running more than, you know, say 15, 20 percent of your budget, probably less than that, too, for the most part, honestly. Um, But then keeping in mind that, hey, even if it hits 15 percent, there's still probably some more of that going on in your in your performance max campaign as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of PMAX, that's where I wanted to go next. So let's talk about Performance Max and and why, especially for small, you know, if any of you, you guys out there who, who are listening, you know, have a, that sort of sub 10K budget monthly, um, let's talk Performance Max because it is an absolute uh, game changer. I can speak to a few, you know, accounts that, that I personally run, the brands that I own. Um, and we're, guys, we're seeing numbers like, like we have never seen before, like like eight, nine return on ad spend, and I, I hate I hate ROAS numbers because yeah. uh, again, brand is is a part of that. But we're just seeing this incredible. Um, th- th- this is this is the future of advertising, right? Every single platform is going to some kind of AI modeled um, uh, pl- platform like this. So let's talk. Let's yeah. talk Pmax. What are your thoughts on it, Andy? Yeah, right there with you. It's definitely that's the the workhorse of pretty much every every account we run. Um, it's you know that's where you're going to get most of your of your um, good results, and the levers you have to pull are going to be in your assets that you're providing, in you know a lot of the stuff that you can do with your product feed, whether it be the titles, making sure you're kind of optimizing all those different things. Um, but a lot of times people will push back and say, "Well, I'm losing out of my targeting." I'm losing out yeah. on some of the reporting. I, I don't have the breakdown of where things are, are coming in. Um, and that's all true. But one, hopefully that reporting will be getting better and better as we move forward. And two, I always say it's like, well, you know, you got to think about where you are as a business. And as you're starting to grow, you know, if you've got a $100,000 a month budget, by all means, you can split it into, you know, multiple different campaigns and do very specific things, you know, target very different points of the funnel and all these different things. But if you've only got, like you said, sub $10,000 a month in ad spend, you can't run seven campaigns because what you're doing is you're splitting that data up, all the you know the purchase data that's coming back in so that the models really don't have anywhere to go to learn, yeah. right? They're, you know, if yeah. you say you're looking for 50 purchases, typically that's what we say. Every campaign, you're looking for about 50 purchases per month. Um, so if you start splitting oh, per, your budget- that's per month. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's quite a bit less data than, than, uh, Facebook ads needs because generally I, Facebook ads is about 50 a week. Yeah. And that's, I, I'd say that's a, a rule of thumb because if you look in some of the Google documentation, they'll tell you kind of 50 events per month, but they'll say that both at the campaign level and the ad group level. So it's mm. a little bit tough to like, say like, well, you know, what are we really doing here? But I, I think the the, the point of it all should be that we're trying to simplify, right? The more that we can consolidate that data coming back in, the more we're going to be giving the model, you know, a chance to, to get running and, and to, to learn as quickly as possible. Um, so for, I, for a 10K, yeah. sorry, Andy, I, I just want to step in just before I, before I uh, forget this. Uh, people who have listened to this for a while know like, oh, Jordan, you just step all over people all the time. Please do. For a, for a 10K a month account, because I'm sure that there are a lot of people out here listening that are like, yeah, that's around what I spend. Um, what, how many performance max campaigns can you can you actually run where it's actually going to to work? Like yeah. where, where you're actually going to be able to get the data and you're not spreading it out too thin between different Pmax campaigns. Well, again, that gets to kind of where your you know where your goals are. So yeah, with 10k a month, you could probably split it out pretty far. Actually, you probably get to probably four performance max campaigns. You know, say 2,500 in each. Maybe if you have a branded search campaign running at you know. A thousand or less, maybe it's a little less than twenty five hundred each for those. 
But then the, the question gets to be like, well, why? Like, what are you trying to do by doing that, right? So if you're splitting out, you know, hey, I want to make sure that these assets I'm providing are going with the proper product listings, you can already do that in the asset group. So you might as yeah. well just leave them in the same performance max campaign and do your splits via asset groups there. The only real reason to completely break them out is if you're going to go to separate target ROASs, right? Or separate mm. levels of targets, right? So if you have, you know, we worked with a shoe manufacturer one time that said, hey, half of our line is domestic and half of our line is imported. And it's a very different- I get exactly product. what you're saying. <laughs> I've so, got the same okay. thing at our brands. Perfect. Yeah. That's that's two different campaigns. They're going to have two different target ROAS, you know, where that's kind of where, where you want to go. But you don't want to get to the point where you're like, hey, I've got- 17 different product lines and each one has a very specific row ads that I need to hit. And I'm going yeah. to try to break it into 17 different campaigns. Like at some point you got to consolidate and say, Hey, this is my low margin. This is my high margin. And then, yeah, I've got two performance max campaigns that I can run. Um, or you can do, you know, some geographic targeting. If it's, Hey, it's, you know, I don't know, maybe shipping costs are very different if you're locally shipping versus shipping across the U S so, okay, let's try to maybe break it in two ways there. But just every time, even if you can split, say, 10000 10, a month into four, at, you know, I would try not to do that as much as yeah. possible unless there's a really compelling reason or, or you can point to why you're doing that. Totally. I mean, the, the principle behind this is consolidation, right? Like consolidating on all ad platforms right now is the name of the game, guys. This is not 2016 anymore, right? We don't have to... Um, we don't have to do those things in our accounts anymore that we used to have to spend the majority of our time doing, which was, you know, we were talking about this before, like these single keyword ad groups where it was like just trying to build out and game the system, right? This is how it used to be. We used to game the system, right? And that's what we were trying to do. We were trying to work against Meta and against Google. Yeah. Now there are partners because, because that's what we need them to be, right? And that's what they're building out. So yeah. I, I absolutely love that. And I, I kind of entered this world at the perfect time because I, I come from a, a data science background and a software development background. And I came into digital marketing and, and Google Ads specifically, you know, kind of after a lot of those, you know, as a lot of those things were starting to fall away, probably people hadn't really taken on a lot of those, a lot of those strategies yet. But, you know, in that like 2018, 2019 realm, um, and as I was kind of coming into it, just as you know, a data scientist at heart, that's kind of where my mind immediately went to is like, hey, if there's a machine learning model going on here, how, how could I possibly think that I'm going to, you know, optimize? You think all... you're smarter than a robot? Well, it's that. <laughs> and it's also on, on a scale level where it's like, yeah, I could probably make a better decision than the machine learning model if I'm looking at three parameters. But if you're telling me that I'm running a product catalog of a thousand products, like, how am I going to expect that I'm going to, you know, do better setting the bid on each individual product yeah. than some algorithm that can learn and do it in real time and change it? You know, it's, it just becomes unmanageable if you're trying to, you know, hit a thousand different data points or a thousand different keywords, a thousand different uh, uh, products. How do you, how are you possibly going to manage that even if you could do a better job than the model? Yeah, totally. I got one more question for you in, in performance max here. What is the maximum number of asset groups that you'd put into a PMAX campaign? You know, again, it's the type of thing where you don't have to split it very far. Even inside the Performance Max campaign, I would try to stay consolidated. Um, okay. It's probably a better, that's a better place to split out further. Um, a couple of rules of thumb there. So Google will tell you they don't want you to overlap products, right? So if you're going to say, um, we have like a, a fashion brand, right? So if it's, hey, these are their dressier lines and these are their more casual lines, or hey, these are shirts and these are pants, then 
you want to put in those assets. Um, I think dressier and casual is probably a better example there, right? So if you've got some yeah. really great lifestyle images, great video lifestyle creative, um, that's you know more dressy occasion and more you know folks at the beach, you know you're going to say, hey, I want to split those two out. But if you find that there's kind of crossover products that work in either one, it can be a little bit problematic because Google's going to tell you that hey, you're going to be better off that every single product fits into one or the other of those two asset groups, that mm. you don't want to be running the same product in two different asset groups. Um, and I think part of that is that the you know somebody who browses that product, as they come back into the model now, Google doesn't really know, is this the type of person who's going to be more focused on the dressy side or the type of person who's going to be more focused on the casual side? So to that point, I would say, Think about it in terms, when you start getting to breaking out your asset groups, think about it in terms of assets, but also kind of your product line. So where are the logical breaks in your product lines? Yeah. Do you have three or four different product lines that are really discrete and kind of don't necessarily work together? Then perfect. Let's put three or four different asset groups, one on top of each one, um, so that you can have that beautiful lifestyle imagery that's super um, you know, relevant for each individual product. But if you kind of have like, a conglomeration of products and you're the type of brand where everything flows together and hey it's you know from from dress down to dress up oftentimes that can work better in a single asset group and then let google kind of decide which assets it's going to send out to the individual customers um for a different pro for an individual product yeah yeah i love that oh andy thanks for all of this this really good uh practical tactical knowledge today i i'm really really pumped about this i'm gonna ask you the question i ask everyone who comes on the podcast what is your secret to scaling perfect i think it probably uh came through in what i was saying here but make sure you know your goal um so often we have people coming in they're like hey gotta run google ads like let, let's get started let's run them what are we gonna do and it's like well it's always a little bit different for everybody. You know, I mentioned there's yeah. you know different. What is your target margin? What's your target ROAS? How far do we need to grow? Are you looking for only new customers? Are you looking to find a way to retarget existing customers? Is there different geographies? Make sure you understand what your goal is and what you're going to ask any platform, any strategy, any tactic. What you're going to ask it to do, so that at the end of the day, you can kind of measure and, and figure out you know is it doing that for you? Um, yeah. So yeah. Know your goals and, and measure your progress as you're as you're working towards them. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Andy, I got three questions left for you. I hope that you are ready. Let's do it. All right. First question, favorite tool or app that you're using right now? So a little bit simple here, but it's got to be Google Analytics, right? It's basic. Everybody's got it. It's free. But, you know, for my money, it's the you know easiest, simplest way to get a pretty good picture of what's what's on your site. There's probably better tools out there, but, you know, for the price point, um, you know, I, everybody's got to have Google Analytics going and and that's you know, where we, we live most of our days kind of understanding what's happening on somebody's site. Yeah, I love it. Thanks for bringing that up because uh, analytics is just like, like just such a no brainer to use in your marketing stack because it's free. I like, I don't know okay. if anybody, you guys know the, the history of Google Analytics, but they bought this product that was being sold for like thousands of dollars and just <laughs> brought it into their suite like they do with everything. <laughs> Um, and, and so like, it's, it's an incredible, incredible tool that people just don't talk about. I'm like, why do you not use GA? It's like, it's got everything that you need there. So definitely. Yeah. Uh, second question for you, uh, favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to right now? Favorite podcast. So I'm going to go a little bit outside of, uh, the world of marketing, but I really have been loving, uh, animal spirits. It's kind of more of like a financial investing podcast. Okay. Um, yeah, if you're kind of into that world and and uh, 
you know, into the personal finance side of things, um, definitely would would recommend kind of two guys uh, just have a really good dynamic together and just kind of one of those enjoyable to listen while you're learning quite a bit kind of podcasts. Cool. Cool. That's great. Uh, last question for you. Um, you just found out you have a year to live. What changes? That's a good question. I think, uh, you know, I'd love to say that I travel the world to do all these different things, but uh, ultimately I've got a, a three-year-old at home and I've got another one on the way at the end of this month. So, you know, probably it would look pretty similar to what it looks today. Just, you know, kind of making sure that we get through those uh, those early years of life and get them set up as best as possible. Um, you know, obviously try to spend a little bit more time with my family and the people around me and probably golf a lot more too. But uh, other than that, yes. I don't know that a ton would really change. Uh, Andy, this is great. Thanks so much for the combo. Uh, really, really appreciated getting to chat with you. Where can people find out more about you and connect with PPC Pimples? Definitely. I'm always open to connect on LinkedIn. That's where I release most of my content. And um, yeah, just love networking with different folks in the area um, on LinkedIn. And then you can come to ppcpipples.com. Um, we offer an audit package and a, a free strategy session that you can uh, jump in there and, and talk to us and see if, you know, kind of we're a fit to work together if you've liked, uh, you know, any of the things that we talked about today. Awesome. Awesome. Really appreciate your time today, Andy. And guys, remember everything that Andy and I talked about today, if there is a link for it, if there is a reference for it, it will be down in the show notes. So please go check those show notes out right now. Thanks a lot for having me, Jordan. Absolutely. Are you an e-commerce founder or marketing leader struggling to get new offers or creative and copy to test fast enough in your ad accounts? Do you feel like your ad campaigns are falling flat and not generating the results that you actually need this year? The pain of not being able to effectively test and optimize your ad campaigns can lead to tons of missed sales and a huge amount of lost revenue, but we've created a solution. Introducing the Viral Offer Bundle from Upgrowth Commerce. For just $99, you're going to receive 10 highly engaging image creatives, 30 scroll-stopping headlines, 30 captivating ad copy variations, and 30 ad descriptions. These powerful tools are going to help you quickly test and optimize your ad campaigns to get the best results possible. Do not miss out on another sale. Visit www.upgrowthcommerce.com slash offer to buy today and then start seeing that relief from your ad campaign pain. Again, that's upgrowthcommerce.com slash offer. Hey guys, just wanted to say thanks again so much for listening to the podcast. If I could ask one favor of you, it would be to share this with your other e-commerce store owner friends. Uh, we want uh, everyone in the e-com space uh, to be listening to this podcast and lots of you guys already are and we really, really appreciate that. One last thing before you go as well is we are offering to our podcast listeners a free e-commerce growth plan where we go from strategy to sale with your brand in this e-commerce growth plan. So feel free to go to www.upgrowthcommerce.com slash grow and apply for a free growth plan today. Thank you all again so much for listening.